Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. This morning we're talking about discerning the body, discerning the body. Um, that's not like discerning Jesus, like who he is and his sacrifice and what he's done for us, but it's, it's discerning, seeing, recognizing the significance of the body that we are a part of. It's, it's, it should be mind-blowing to us that the God of the universe who embodied, like came to earth, I, I can never even fully wrap my head around that. Like my reasoning and understanding that always falls short. That should blow our minds. The creator of the universe, who is unbound and unlimited, chose to be bound and limited in a body. And then that body, like, was rejected. He experienced all the things we experienced. He suffered and died for us. Like, that's powerful. And then, if that wasn't enough... He, he dies, he's buried, he's resurrected in glory. And now he tells us as his children, we are his body. Wow. We are his body. And his physical body was, was broken so that we could be made whole. And part of, part of our wholeness, part of our healing is that not only individually am I broken and need to be healed and, and made whole, and that is a process, an ongoing process I'm still experiencing. Anybody else? Or if some of you arrived this morning already. Um, but listen, part of that healing is that we were meant to be in healthy relationship with each other. Like what God intended in the garden is what he's gonna redeem for all eternity and that is this beautiful union of us with him and us with one another. And so part of discerning the body is recognizing how much we need each other and how much healing comes when we love each other as if we were loving Jesus himself because we are his body. So that was the sermon in two minutes and now we're gonna unpack it in a little more detail. Does that sound good? It sounded good to like two people. Okay, great. We're off to a rousing start. All right, kids, you have permission to give me some amens and excitement this morning if the adults aren't. Um, all right, well, let's, let's pray one more time and then we're gonna jump into Romans 12. We've been moving through that chapter for several weeks now. Uh, this is part five this morning of this series called Our Healing and the Power That Comes in Living in a Community That Discerns Itself, Sees Each Other, Is Present with One Another. That's where we're going. So, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you uh, for your body broken and given for us. Thank you that we are the body of Christ. Lord, you are knit, knitting us together. You're bringing us together. Um, and we need help with that. Lord, we recognize that. So thank you that you are present, not only to help us learn this and to grow in it. God, you are with us daily as we learn to love and to see and to share life with one another. Um, God, would you make this real in our hearts? Would you make it very practical in our lives with each other? It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, so it's, this is kind of one of those messages that has like one main point, but we're gonna look at it from a couple of angles. 
Um, And so we're just talking about seeing and serving one another and the healing that takes place when we're really like present with each other. When we see each other and each other's needs and we love each other well, there's power in that. And so I wanna pick up where we left off last Sunday. It's okay if you missed that. This will speak for itself. But um, I wanna pick up where we left off because I, I think we need everything Paul is encouraging us to in verse 12 as we start to move into some really practical details of loving and serving each other in the verses that follow. So Romans 12, 12, we're told to rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. There there is power in in being hopeful and finding joy in the ins and outs of life together. And we need each other to accomplish that. Like there's times where I just, I can't muster the needed joy and hope on my own. I need somebody else to to fill me with that a little bit. Um, It's also gonna be difficult at times. Like collectively life is hard. Sometimes life is hard because we are making it hard on each other. And so we need to be patient when it's hard. And ultimately the way to rejoice in hope and the, re- the way to be patient and endure suffering is we pray. We pray individually. We pray together as a community. And so everything we're about to move into, I just wanna say up front, we need God's help with this. Like if, if, if there's any chance of me walking we're gonna need his power and his presence collectively in our midst. And so um, I hope that as you hear this, if it maybe it challenges you at certain points, our response should be God help. And he will, because he's faithful to do that. And so we're, we're called to see and to serve the body. Verse 13 now, Romans 12, 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Now that word contribute, you know, immediately what comes to my mind when I hear contribute is, is literally it's give, right? I need to give. I may give material things. I may give financially. I need to give. That, that is within this word contribute, but this word is deeper than that. Um, this word contribute, it doesn't mean just to give. It means to have in common or to share. To have in common or to share. That means I'm so aware of the needs of the body that I'm, I'm sharing in them. Your needs are my needs. And then I'm able to help contribute toward that, towards that. I, I can't share in needs that I'm unaware of. It requires a sense of awareness. It requires a sense of seeing each other. And so we're called to share in each other's needs. And then he goes on, seek to show hospitality. That means I pursue opportunities to open my heart to people, to open my heart, my life. In practical ways, my home. Like I make space for the body of Christ. This is not a casual thing, a passive thing. It's not something we do just kind of briefly in moments. It is a way of life. It's a way of functioning together as the body where we, we live in awareness of each other. One of, one of my favorite things to see is when I become aware of something as the pastor and sometimes my reaction is, oh man, that's been going on for a few weeks or a month, I had no idea and I feel bad, but then I discover other people were on it. They knew, how did they know? Because they're in relationship. And they're walking through life with, with that person, that individual, and they saw it. And like, it's already taken care of. 
it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. And that's the body working together. We, we've got to break out of, if there's any mentality in us that sort of says like the pastor or the staff or, you know, these people that have some particular role that it's their job to do all that stuff, we're, we're missing out. The pastor or the staff, we come alongside to, to teach, to encourage, to kind of help point us in a direction, but we are meant to function as a body that is aware of each other. And so, so we need to live this way. Um, it's this living awareness of the body of Christ. And what I, what I love is in a lot of ways, maybe even what I'm saying right now, if you've been around the first several weeks of the series, you're thinking this is kind of a repeat of some things we've been saying. But the point Paul is driving to here as we get into these next few verses is to go, hey, you get the concept of recognizing that you're connected in a body. Now live that out in practical, tangible ways. It's one thing to just go, oh yeah, I'm connected to all these people. That's cool. Oh, we're supposed to be a family. That's great. But are we, are we actually living that way in real tangible ways? And so we see each other. We have this awareness of each other. Um, a great example of this in my own personal life, when our daughter Abby was born, um, we discovered at her birth that she had Down syndrome. It wasn't something we were aware of ahead of time. And so um, almost immediately, like while we were still at the hospital, some, some dear friends of ours at our church who are a little closer to my parents' age, I would say, in that range, Dave and Sandy Krikak, um, they had an adult daughter that they had raised that had special needs. They'd been raising her for, for years. She's, you and her are the exact same age, right, babe? Yeah, my wife and their daughter are the same age. Without anybody having to say anything to them, they knew something that most people around us didn't. They were aware. They had uniquely experienced some things that we were just about to start experiencing and they showed up. They just showed up, they were present. And they didn't just show up in the hospital to hug us and then move on. They have remained a constant source in our lives for years now. Abby's about to turn 17. They still, they live in Franklin. They come see us multiple times a year just to check on us, see how we're doing, love on us. They just showed up. They were aware. They understood something. And see, we're, it's not that we're all called to meet all the needs of everybody. Like, that's impossible. It's unrealistic. I can't do that. Odds are, maybe I've even already let you down at some moment because you felt like I wasn't there in a way I should have been. I, I want to be as present as I can, but the beauty of the body is it's not on one person. It's all of us living in this loving awareness of each other. And then there's moments where you just know, man, I'm supposed to be here for this person in this situation. And we minister life. And so we contribute to the needs of the body. We share in them. We share in them. I cannot love or serve or tend a body that I am unaware of. That's just as practical as it gets. I cannot love, serve, and tend a body that I am unaware of. We need each other. Let's lean in. All right, he moves on. Verses 14 and 15 now. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Isn't this just your favorite verse in the whole Bible? Don't you love it? <laughs> Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
Now, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. When In my study this week, as I was preparing for this, my inclination was gonna be to save verse 14 because Paul clearly should have moved it down a couple verses when he starts talking more about like our enemies and difficult situations and just go, let's talk about how we rejoice with each other and we mourn together. But he puts it right here on purpose because the reality is we are gonna be in these three scenarios with each other. We're gonna be the source of hurt and wounding at times with one another. We are gonna be the source of joy. And at times we are gonna be experiencing hurt, mourning, difficulty. And so the reality is we're meant to take care of each other as all of these various things are going on. In fact, at any given moment, One person might be walking in or experiencing persecution. Another person might be flying high because life is good and they're just in a season of rejoicing. And someone else might be mourning as things are really difficult. And yet we meet each other in these places. And so I just wanna walk through each of these specifically. Um, Notice when we're happy or rejoicing, we're meant to join with and celebrate. When someone is hurting or mourning, we're meant to join with them and hurt with them and mourn with them. I do think it's of note that when someone is being difficult or we're experiencing persecution, we're not necessarily called to join with them, but we are given some direction on how to act. I bless and don't curse. So I either speak life or I speak nothing. That's what's needed at times, speaking nothing. But I I bless and I do not curse. I speak well or I don't speak at all. You know, the rejoicing one can seem like that's the fun one, that's the easy one. Have you ever been in a season where you're really struggling and you're down and there's people around you who are joyful and things are great? How easy is it to join them in that and rejoice with them when you have hope deferred that's been making the heart sick? See, part of, part of loving and connecting with the body is seeing people where they are. It doesn't mean you have to pretend you're, you're not where you are. I can be in a place of mourning and still go, I see what's happening in your life. I see the season of joy there. And you know what? I can find even some semblance of joy by rejoicing with you. Like there's real power in that. Like when I'm in a hard season, but I see something wonderful happening over here and I can connect with that. It's huge. Often we're so caught up in our moment, we can't see the moment others are in. But there's there's something powerful when we recognize where we are at. We celebrate together, we mourn together. Same thing, if I'm in a season of joy, it can be easy to wanna avoid hard things that are happening within the body and steer clear of that. Or maybe you can even feel like, gosh, I can't relate right now. I don't even know how to be there with that person. Just be present. Show up, be present. Comfort, love, encourage. Verse 16 kind of culminates here. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. See, something happens when we're quick to judge. Like when I'm talking about seeing each other, 
Part of what can happen if we're not careful is we see each other, but kind of in a, I'm observing from a distance sort of way, right? I, I see that from a distance. And what that does when we judge from a distance like that, it automatically isolates. It isolates us and it isolates them. Anybody ever experienced that before? You know, it's interesting. We, we usually can recognize when we're the ones experiencing that sense of isolation. Like I don't belong, I don't have a place. We're very aware of that. We're often unaware when we're the ones contributing to that. When we're in the place where we're comfortable and we're settled and we feel at home, we can be very unaware of some of the people who feel disconnected and isolated. And so the solution to that is to see each other and to associate with one another. Like I love that word, associate with the lowly. It's the opposite of isolate. Instead of judging and isolating, I lean in, I associate. Because if I get down in there in the nitty gritty of life, even if on the surface I can't relate or understand where you're at, when I get in a little bit closer, I begin to see like who you are and the road you're walking and why you're there. We associate with one another. That word harmony, live in harmony with one another. It's always dangerous ground when I'm gonna move into territory of talking about musical things of which I am not an expert. Um, harmony, living in harmony. I love that he uses that term. It's like different parts of the same song. And there's, there's beauty in that complexity. Am I explaining that well enough? Should someone on the worship team get up here and explain it better? Harmony, harmony doesn't mean be in the same season at the same time, be doing the same thing. No, we can have these differences, but we're in tune. It's, it's back to several weeks ago, we talked about worship and how worship unites us. We're in different places, we're in different seasons, but the same song is being played. Jesus is so glorified when his body is living in awareness of one another and loving each other when we lean in, when we're present, when we're not distant or isolated, but when we are associating with each other. There's power in that. Listen, associating with the lowly can be difficult. It can feel difficult. It can stretch us out of our comfort zone, but it can be so life-giving and it's powerful. And guys, like this is what Jesus did. What was he known for? He associated with the broken, with the outcast, with the sinners, with the lonely. He got up close with them. He ate in their homes. There was something about him that he was approachable. It's kind of fascinating if you look through the gospels and see some of the people who felt comfortable coming up to Jesus. It's definitely an area worth exploring too, just having some cultural context to understand how miraculous it is that like Samaritans would have conversations with him, Roman soldiers would have conversations with him, him interacting with women throughout the gospels, him interacting with lepers. That he associated with the low, he made himself, like a really good question to ask about ourselves individually and to reflect on as a church body are we approachable? Do people feel comfortable coming as they are here? 
do they feel comfortable coming as they are to me? Are we, are we approachable? Are we available? Do we associate with the lowly? And then finally, verses 17 and 18. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love this. That, that phrase, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. At first glance, it seems sort of strange, like I'm trying to put on a good face in front of people. I'm trying to be well thought of. That's not, that's not what that means at all. That word honorable, it means good and beautiful. It means good and beautiful. When he says give thought, it literally means to thoughtfully be considering So I'm thoughtfully considering opportunities to breathe something good and beautiful into other people's lives. Even that word seek, in the sight of all, I mean, sorry, the word sight, in the sight of all, it literally means face. If you were here last Sunday, we were talking about joy and we were talking about the power of face. And when we see each other and we're present with each other, it does something We're deeply connected to each other. It fills us with joy. It's powerful. Now the idea is, as we are interacting with one another, and at times it's difficult, like I'm maybe experiencing evil from someone else, what if I responded to that by leaning in and going, hey, I can be present with that person, and Lord, what is a way that I can seek to do something good or beautiful to minister life? See, so often the very people that, whose behaviors are repelling us, they are the very ones who are in need of some joyful, loving recognition. Often, the people doing the hurting have experienced a lot of hurt and rejection and isolation. And this vicious cycle starts where because I've experienced that, then I begin to project that onto other people. And then what's the natural response to that? Further rejection and isolation. We don't want to be around that. But friends, our church community is meant to be a place of healing. It's got to get down inside of us that every single one of us at some point in our lives, maybe for a lot of our lives, we're enemies with God. Like he loved us while we were rejecting him and his love his love pierced our hearts, found us there, brought us into relationship with him. And now listen, what the church community is gonna be is either people who haven't met him yet that are still stuck in this cycle or people who are like me and maybe like you who still have a lot of room to grow. And so as much as we would like to be whole and healed and healthy, we're still in process. And so along the way, when it's hard, when it's difficult, we don't repay evil with evil. But as the body of Christ, we look to create goodness, beauty, joy. We minister to the very people who are harsh and hurting. Some good friends of ours were just sharing a story about this this neighbor that's been really difficult. Like the neighbor does not want to be friendly (laughs) and finds ways to complain and all of that. And so... They just purpose like, we're just gonna be nice to these people till they like us. And at one point, um, their neighbor's dog passed. And they're like, you you know what? 
we're gonna do something to acknowledge that. Put together like a gift basket of some sort and went and gave it to them. And like they're, they're chipping away. They're breaking through that hard outer shell to soften up. I'm talking about Nick and Kristen. I'm just gonna call you out. I wasn't gonna mention y'all's names, but I love that story, man. It's just cool. But it's like, how easy would it be to be like, oh, that's the neighbor that's a jerk. So, you know, we'll just kind of do this number when we're out in the yard. Can we make the hedges any higher? How do we, right? Like that's the natural response is just to protect ourselves. Now I'm, I'm all for healthy boundaries. I'm all for recognizing an ongoing abusive situation and, and being able to be aware of when it's time to remove from that. But often these little hurts and things that happen along the way, man, they're just, they're moments of weakness or failure in our lives. And, and what if we saw each other enough to go, hey, that's a brother or sister in Christ. And maybe they're going through something I can't see or understand. God would have me respond to that evil with good, to engage them face to face and respond with good and, and see what God might do. Seeking to love a difficult neighbor. This is what we're called to do. It's, it's practical, it's tangible. If you're like me reading through this this week, I was immediately like prompted of recent failures or things I need to be working on or people where I need to lean in a little bit better. But what I want us to see this morning as we move into the next part of this is these, these practical ways that we're called to see and serve the body the, the way we can do this is by seeing Christ. We see Jesus and we see him serve his body. And so really loving each other, discerning the body, recognizing where we're at, it's about joining what God's already doing. See, Jesus sees each of us right where we are right now. And he's present and he's actively pursuing us and he wants to heal us. He wants us to be able to see that he's there and he loves us and he cares for us. And so we're joining him in something he's already up to. So I wanna, I wanna move now into Romans 15. If you're, if you're following in your Bible, you can flip over a couple pages. Romans 15, verses one through seven. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. All right, that's the title, title of our series. This is a description of love. I'm, I'm willing the good of someone else. I'm working towards their good to build him up. Verse three, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Verse four. For whatever was written in former days was for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Verse five, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Are you catching this? We're gonna need some encouragement along the way to love each other well. We're gonna need to endure at times with one another. And the solution to this is that's who God is. He's the source of encouragement. He's the one that faithfully endures. And so he calls us to live in harmony because that's what he's already working on. We are joining the work that Jesus is doing. He wants 
to abide in us and us to abide in him and, and all of those connecting things that Jesus talked about, he's working on that. This is who God is and we get to join in him. Verse six, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. See each other, bear with each other, build each other up. That's the call. We're given this scripture that we might be instructed on how to endure, how to persevere. And we can do this because we're rooted in Christ. I wanna kind of wrap this morning up by looking at Jesus' mission statement. When Jesus came to earth and was launching his ministry, he, he opened up the scroll, Isaiah, and he turned to a very specific passage intentionally. And so I wanna read together a few of the verses from Isaiah 61, because this is who our God is. This is what he is doing in the earth. This is what he wants to do amongst his people. And this is what he's inviting us to participate in with him. Isaiah 61, we're gonna start by reading verses one through three. Envision Jesus reading these words, because he did. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. You remember where we started? Contribute to the needs of the body. Good news to the poor. What else? He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Those who are mourning, those who are struggling, Jesus wants to heal and restore. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Man, those who are stuck in a cycle that we just can't seem to break out of, he brings freedom. And opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, not repaying evil for evil, but what is good and beautiful. He exchanges beauty for ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What is Jesus doing? He's healing, he's restoring, he's building up his people. He's taking those who are weak and broken and he's replanting us and giving us strength. We become like oaks. This is what God's doing. Friends, if you've experienced the joy of Jesus transforming your life, if you've watched him actively work in your marriage amongst your kids, you've gotten a taste of this, this power where he heals and he restores and he strengthens. But I also want you to be encouraged if you're still holding on for some of those things. Like, God, I'm, I'm believing for you to restore something in this relationship. This is what he's up to. This is what he is actively doing. 
He's building his church. He's touching his people's lives. And friends, the invitation is that we may join him in that. And as we begin to experience this power and this healing in us, then we begin to participate in the work he's doing. Look at the next verse, verse four. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. God, the, guys, the power of God's kingdom at work is that now, this side of heaven, he's still working on this stuff. We know there is ultimate redemption coming. Like that's coming. But he wants us to work in our day, cooperating with him. And the starting place is within the local church. It's within the body of Christ. If, if we can't cooperate with the healing that Jesus wants to do in our midst here, how can we possibly take that out to a broken world? There's a lot of angst and turmoil about what we see happening in our country. And there's a lot of debate and argument about what the solution is. And for much of the church, we've begun to align our hearts with external, non-Jesus-centered solutions to those problems. When in reality, what's happening around us is that people need Jesus. They need the life-giving, life-changing power of Christ. That's what's needed. And if the church can't be a place of healing where we invite, we've got no hope. But we do have hope. This is our Jesus. This is who he is and, and what he does. And he wants us, church, to participate in this. He wants us to wake up and, and break out of that mindset where I'm just kind of stumbling through everyday life, maybe roll into church on a Sunday morning, get a little something I need and go back about my day. Far too much of our engagement with the word of God and the people of God is viewed through such an individualistic mindset. It's become this thing that we consume and maybe I apply it to my life instead of realizing we're to be caught, caught up into his life. And he wants to anchor us with other people so that collectively we can participate in the healing process. I, I want to be a part of a place that mutually loves and serves and cares for one another where we see Jesus healing us. And that sounds really sweet to say it. You ever walk through a hospital? Is that a fun place to be? No, people are hurting. But it's the place you need to go to because there's people there that have answers that can bring care and solutions to what's broken and hurt. Let's be that kind of place. Let's be that sort of people where we live in awareness of Jesus and what he's doing in the body. And let's have awareness of one another that we might love and serve each other. And then I love how this chapter ends. Verse 11. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. 
What's Isaiah 61 saying? This is what God does. This is what he wants to do in and with his people. And when we cooperate with that, the world takes note. Jesus is glorified and and the nations see hope because they're able to see what Jesus is doing in his church. It's powerful what happens when we love each other well and we decide, I wanna be a part of a community that sees each other and participates in the healing work that God is up to. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take communion together. Um, I'm gonna share a couple words on this and then I'm gonna walk you through how we're gonna do this. Um, I think someone might be coming up. Zach, if you wanna go ahead and get in place, buddy, that'd be great. Um, So um, I wanna read, you know, there's a few places in the scripture that kind of give us the picture of what happened, um, what we're celebrating when we take communion, right? We know the bread represents Jesus' body broken. We know the cup represents his blood shed for us. But Paul writes to the Corinthians, and you know, the Corinthians, I feel like I can relate to those guys. They don't exactly have it all together. If you're familiar with Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, you know, they, they had some, some stuff going on. And one of the things that was happening is they weren't taking care of each other. In fact, they were actively hurting each other. And even when, when they were gathering to take communion, it was like, because you know, they were drinking real wine, Hope it's not bursting somebody's bubble there. They were drinking real wine. And so some people were coming. It was just an opportunity to drink a lot of wine. Like really, they were getting drunk. Other people who were poor among them were getting like left out and ignored and discarded. They were leaving hungry physically and spiritually because they weren't being loved well. They They didn't see each other take care of one another. And so Paul says this when he talks about approaching the table. Verse 28, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. God wants us to be a healing community saying some of you guys are hurting and struggling because you're the opposite of a healing community. You're hurting each other. And so he says, hey, if you're gonna come and reflect on me and what it costs me to heal and restore you, why don't you pause and make sure you're really seeing each other and living that out? You wanna take in my life, my healing, my forgiveness? Then why don't you participate by loving and healing and forgiving one another? And so we discern the body. But if we would judge ourselves truly, like if we would reflect, then we would not be judged. But when we are judged by God, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. God allows us to have moments where we see how we've been missing it so we can get back on track. And that too is the beauty of what we're celebrating. If you've been convicted in some way this morning, if he's highlighting something in your heart, be responsive, be responsive to him. His mercy is new every day. So we're gonna partake. And I mentioned before, we're gonna serve each other. So here's how we're gonna start. Nick, um, Sam, y'all are helping serve, right? If y'all wanna come on up. So myself and Nick and Sam, we're gonna start things, but here's what we're gonna do. Um, Come up as you normally would, stay right here and partake of communion. 
You can come up individually. You can come up with a family. You can walk up here together with a friend. But I want you to come up. We're gonna serve you and just take a moment. Take the bread, take the cup. And then we're gonna hand you the elements and we're gonna go sit down and you're gonna turn around and serve whoever comes up next. And we are gonna serve one another communion. All right, parents with kids, they can come up with you if you feel like they can handle holding the tray, great. If they just wanna stand with you while you do it, great. We're gonna serve each other communion. Guys, just to be really clear too, if your families are here, serve another family and then you can come back up with your family to be served. Does that sound, does that make sense? Was any of that unclear? I think we can figure out how to serve each other communion, can't we? Awesome. All right, well, let's pray and prepare our hearts. And then just during this next song, let's take our time, let's serve each other. Let's discern Jesus and let's see each other as we love and serve each other communion. Lord, we are in awe of you and your great love for us. Jesus, we're in awe of the fact that, that you gave so much away that we might be healed. You gave yourself away for us. Thank you that your body was broken for us, that your blood was shed for us. Thank you that you forgive us. Thank you that mercy is new every day. And so even in this moment, Lord, if there's things we need to get right, we can examine ourselves, we can repent, and we can find forgiveness in you. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are making us whole individually and as a church community. Thank you for your healing in our midst. Lord, as we celebrate you in this moment, God, would you remind us of the gift of being a part of your eternal family that we can together experience your love, your grace, your mercy. God, that we could receive forgiveness and healing in Jesus' name. God, we love you and we worship you. Jesus is in your name we pray, amen.